right, City Church, how you guys doing? Good. Good. It's great to be back in our third week of our Inside Out series. I thought I would tell you guys a little bit more about myself. Uh, so I grew up with one sibling and an older sister named Erin. And growing up, for the majority of my childhood, she was bigger than me and stronger than me and meaner than me. And so... She never passed up an opportunity to like assert her dominance on me. So there was just like daily beatdowns, uh, and I was no match for her physically. So to get back at her, I had to be a little more creative. Okay, so what I would do is I found out that I was really good at hiding around the house, and then just jumping out and like scaring the crap out of her. Right, like that was my thing, and uh, I, you know I couldn't I couldn't beat her in a fight, and so I had to use fear as like my weapon of choice. And so I want to tell you guys quickly about the last time that I ever scared my sister. The last time. And I'll give you the spoiler alert kind of up front. It was the last time because I genuinely thought that I killed her. Like, I don't know if it's actually possible to scare someone to death, but I'm telling you guys, I got close, all right? And so let me try to, to set the scene for y'all. Um, in my sister's room, like any good uh, 90s girl, she had an inflatable couch, right? And the inflatable couch turned to a 90 degree angle at the foot of her bed, and it created this little area right there for me to crouch down and to hide in her room, almost in plain sight. Uh, now, I knew kind of her evening drill was to shower and to get dressed and then to spend like six days brushing her hair in the mirror, right? And so I waited for my time, I beat her to her room, and I just crouched down, and I had the bed on one side, and I had the couch in front of me, and directly across from me was her mirror. And so sure enough, I called it right, she came in her room, she went straight to her mirror, which put her back to me. Now, the rest of this story makes me a really bad person, all right? And so uh, just feel free to judge me, I deserve it. Uh, so what I did is as I was crouched down, <laughs> I put my hands together in kind of this Charlie's Angels gun pose, and then I slowly sat up on my knees and I pointed my fingers straight at my sister. Now, what made this so epic was that she didn't just like turn around and get scared, instead, she just subtly noticed something was wrong in the reflection in her mirror. And so I remember watching her brush her hair slower and slower, and then she froze. And her eyes locked on my reflection that was too small, and she was too scared to know that it was just her stupid little brother in the corner of the room. And so what happened next was unexplainable. She ran about 10 steps and collapsed motionless on the floor. And at 10 years old, I thought, oh my God, I just killed my sister. <laughs> now, luckily she had just fainted. And so about five seconds later, she woke up and she screamed at the top of her lungs. And then she gave me a beat down that I will never forget. And that is the last time I ever scared my sister. Now, that day I found out just how powerful fear can actually be. And so let's take a moment and look at fear from the inside out. Ever wonder why you feel the way you do? Well, get to know your emotions. When the unexpected is staring you in the face, fear is there to keep you safe. With speed and wisdom, fear assesses the situation and settles your nerves in his own special way. He's got this. Thank you, fear. 
Get to know all your emotions with Inside Out. So listen, when fear gets in our head, it can cause us to do the craziest things. And that's because, like we've been learning in this series, the voices in your head control the story of your life. And so over the last two weeks, we've been applying that concept to our lives, this concept that the voices in your head actually control the story of your life. And so again, if you're joining us for the first time in this series, uh, I would encourage you, highly encourage you, to take about 30 minutes this week and go to city.church slash inside out, uh, and you'll get fully caught up with what we're talking about today. Um, But in this service... I'm just gonna take a moment and briefly go over this concept uh, that we've been building this Inside Out series around. And so when we look at how the world works, you can boil it down to an infinite number of experiences that lead to actions. It's like cause and effect, okay? Experiences that lead to action. But what we've discovered in this series is that for us as humans, we have a step hardwired inside of us in between our experiences and the action that we take. And this step in the middle is called our inner narrative. The inner narrative is the voices in your head that run all day long. And this inner narrative causes all kinds of problems that are unique to us as humans. And the reason why is because the actions that we take in life are not tied to our experiences. Rather, the action we take in life is tied to what our inner narrative decides about that experience. So I know this is a big concept, let me say it again. What we do in life, the action that we take isn't tied to the things that we experience outside of ourselves. The action we take in life is tied to the voices in our head and what they decide about those experiences. And today, we're gonna be talking about what it means to have a fearful inner narrative. And so to help bring this concept home, uh, I wanna use an illustration that I feel like is familiar to many of us. And so have you ever known someone who was in an abusive relationship and was too afraid to leave? Why is that? If you have ever been in that situation where you see someone in a toxic relationship, it can be so confusing why that person won't just get out. Because when you look at what they're experiencing, verbal abuse, sometimes physical abuse, sexual infidelity, emotional trauma, you look at what they're experiencing and it makes no sense to the action of staying with their abuser. It makes no sense. But here's the thing, our actions are not tied to our experiences. Fearful actions are tied to a fearful inner narrative. And so what happens is the voices in their head are afraid to leave that toxic relationship. They're afraid that people will judge them or that they could never be loved again, that they're damaged goods, they're afraid of the unknown and so they stay in an abusive relationship. And that's just one example of many. And you know, fear is such a deep and complicated topic. And part of the reason is is because it's actually a part of who we are, it's a part of our DNA. At the very, very core of your brain, there's a section called the amygdala. And the amygdala is the source of fear. And it's there for your own good. It's there for self-preservation. Its job is to keep you alive. And it creates healthy fear. 
Healthy fear is what causes you to jump out of the way of a moving car or keeps you from touching a stove that is hot. But today we're gonna be talking about unhealthy fear because the majority of people are living way outside the bounds of healthy fear and you can even get to the point where fear begins to control parts of your life. So the fear of failure causes people to give up on their dreams or the fear of getting hurt makes us close off emotionally. The fear of our children reflecting poorly on us makes us be controlling parents. The fear of our own inadequacies make us act out on the people around us. Fear is a root cause of racism and violence, insecurities, eating disorders, and so much more. And the hard part is that our fearful actions can't simply be tied to fearful experiences. Our fearful actions are tied to a fearful inner narrative. It's what's inside of you because the voices in your head control the story of your life. Now listen, we all experience fear and it can be so emotional and so overwhelming that it can seem impossible to navigate correctly. And so the question for us today is, what is the solution to a fearful inner narrative? Well, we're gonna find our answer in the Bible. We're gonna be in the New Testament in the book of Mark. Now the book of Mark is Mark's account of the life of Jesus. And Mark shows us that after Jesus started his ministry here on earth, uh, he gained popularity incredibly quickly. And so one day, so many people came out to listen to Jesus teach that they anchored a boat right off the shore and Jesus got up on the front of the boat kind of like a makeshift stage so that all the people along the shore could hear what he was saying. And he taught there for the majority of the day, and when evening came, he called his disciples together into the boat and said, it's time for us to cross over to the other side. Now, the body of water that they were crossing is called the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee sits in a basin that is 700 feet below sea level. And just 30 miles northeast is Mount Hermon, which is 9,200 feet above sea level. So that's like a topographical spread of almost 10,000 feet. Okay, so why does that matter? You see, what happens is this cold, thin air comes off of Mount Hermon, and it combines with the dense, warm air of the Sea of Galilee, and that has made that particular body of water famous for unpredictable and incredibly devastating storms. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus and the disciples that day. In Mark 4, 37, it says that a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. This was a storm so massive that their boat was filling with water to the point that it was about to sink. Now, the disciples were a rough group of guys. These were some manly men, and some of them had lived their entire lives as fishermen. They'd lived their entire lives on the sea. And so they weren't just going to be scared of any storm, but this wasn't just any storm. These disciples were scared for their lives. Now the Bible also tells us that Jesus was in the stern of the boat, sleeping through the entire thing. And so while his disciples were in full panic mode, Jesus is just straight chilling. 
And it makes the disciples even more frustrated. And you can hear their frustration in the scripture. It says that the the disciples woke Jesus up and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus, do you even care if this boat sinks? Hey man, wake up, what's going on here? Jesus, look at what we're experiencing. Here's the thing about Jesus, and this is important to know. Jesus is never a victim of his experiences. You see, fearful experiences don't lead Jesus to fearful actions. Instead, it says that Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. So Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Jesus speaks and his words control the weather. He displays his power in this incredible way and, and it's so funny, it's almost like a dad who's like annoyed that his kids woke him up from a nap. Hey, quiet, be still, go to your room, Storm. Stop, and everything stops. And the disciples are amazed. Now in the last two weekends, we've seen questions in scripture being used to help us get in control of our inner narratives. And so after Jesus finishes with the storm, he turns to his disciples. And what he just saw was his disciples facing a fearful experience and taking fearful actions. And so Jesus wants to take the time to show them the solution to their fear. And he does it by asking questions. And so first Jesus asks, why are you so afraid? Now it kind of feels like there's an obvious answer to this question. Like if I'm one of the disciples, I'm like, do you really not know why we were afraid? Like we're... Did you not see the storm and we were, the boat was sinking? It seems so obvious, so why would Jesus ask such an obvious question? We see what he was trying to do was to get his disciples to reassess their experience. Why are you so afraid? And so let's get real for a second. Why are you so afraid? What experiences in your life are causing you to take fearful actions? For the disciples, it was the wind and the waves, and so in your own life, what is the storm that is causing you to be so afraid? Because here's the deal, when we can get honest about our own experiences and what the source of our fear is, we can move on to the second question that Jesus asked, do you not have any faith? Many of the other translations say, where is your faith? You see, the interesting thing about faith is that it's not an experience. It's not something that happens to you, and faith also isn't an action. The Bible makes that very clear. Faith is inside of you. That means that the storehouse for your faith is your inner narrative, your faith is lived out and realized by the voices in your head because the voices in your head control the story of your life. And so Jesus asks, where is your faith? 
And with these two simple questions, Jesus has shifted the focus from the experiences happening outside of ourselves to our inner narrative. And in doing so, he actually provides the solution to fear. You see, the solution to fear is not courage. The solution to fear is not bravery or self-medication or avoidance of pain and embarrassment. The solution to fear is faith. The solution to your fear is faith, and here's why. Think about the disciples focusing on the wind and the waves that were threatening to overtake them focusing their attention on the experiences happening outside of them. You see, when you focus on the fear, you attempt to live your life from the outside in. And when you try to live your life from the outside in, you become a victim of your experiences because here's the bottom line, you can't control the wind and the waves. You can't control the things that you experience in your life. And that is why faith is the solution to fear. Faith lives inside of you. And God has given you the ability to control what is inside of you. He's given you the ability to control your inner narrative. And so when the storms of life happen, we're either going to focus on the experiences outside of ourselves that we have no hope of controlling, or we're going to focus on our faith. We're gonna focus on what's inside and that is how you live a better story. You live it from the inside out. Why are you so afraid and where is your faith? Okay, so faith is the solution to fear but faith doesn't just magically happen. If we're not intentional about controlling the voices in our head, then fear will creep in and it will take over and it will lead us to fearful actions. And so the question is, where does faith come from? How do we get it? How do we achieve it? Well, in the biblical text, there's one more question, but this time it's not asked by Jesus, it's asked by his disciples. And in verse 41, it says the disciples were in awe and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The last question is, who is this? See, what you have to understand about these disciples is these were Jewish men. And they had seen Jesus do many other miracles where he was healing people. And in the Jewish religion, they believe that there are certain people chosen by God who are able to actually miraculously heal other people. They believe that it had happened in history and they believe that Jesus was doing it presently. But in the Jewish religion, only God himself can control the weather. And so these men said, even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Who is this guy? Could it be that Jesus is more than just a great teacher, more than a prophet, more than the Messiah? Could it be that Jesus is God himself? And if you read on into scripture, you know that the disciples eventually answered this question. They ended up believing that Jesus was God. 
And that belief forever changed the stories of their life. And you can follow these disciples and no matter what they experienced, they could always lead to an appropriate action because their inner narrative was no longer defined by fear, it was defined by faith. And it was all because they answered the question, who is this? Could Jesus actually be God himself? And so my question for you is, are you tired of living in fear? Are you tired of unnecessarily being a victim to the experiences in your life? Because today you can make a change. And it starts with answering the question, who is this? Who is Jesus to you? Maybe a great historical figure or an incredible teacher, a a polarizing religious entity. Listen, all those things are true, but they're not gonna change your life. But if Jesus is God and you believe that, it changes everything. Because when you believe in Jesus, Jesus becomes a part of who you are. He is with you, he is in you, he's by your side. The Bible says that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, that you're adopted into his family and that not even death itself can stand against you because you're promised a perfect eternity after this life. Listen, if Jesus is God, you no longer have to fear rejection because you have been accepted by the King of Kings. If if Jesus is God, you don't have to fear your future because he's given you a purpose and he's given you significance. If Jesus is God, you don't have to fear anything. And in fact, that faith that comes from knowing and believing that Jesus is God and that he is for you. It takes fearful experiences and it fortifies your faith. When fear comes at you, it activates and it strengthens the faith that is inside of you. And you're able to live a better story because a better story comes from the inside out. So if you believe Jesus is God, then when the wind and the waves come against you, and when the storms of your life seem unbearable, you no longer have to live in fear. Instead, the voices in your head can rise up and say, why should I fear the wind and the waves when the God who controls them is on my side? I've been through seasons of my life where I've lived in fear. And I'm sure many of you have as well, and maybe you are right now. And I love you too much to not beg you to stop, to consider that Jesus really might be who he says he is. He might really be God. And if it is, if he is God, it changes everything. So if you wanna stop living in fear, It starts with faith. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for showing us the solution to a fearful inner narrative. And God, first, I want to pray over the people who have already believed in you. God, they've already put their faith in you. But when the things that they experience in this life are are so scary, God, 
They're so overwhelming that it can be easy to forget exactly who you are. God, that we know who goes before us, we know who has our back, that God himself is on our side. And so God, I pray that you would strengthen the faith of your children. God, that the people who are living in here and who already know you, but they're living in fear, God, that you would give them the strength to take control of what is inside of them, to take control of their inner narrative, God, to reject the lies of fear and instead to just instill overwhelming faith. Break the chains of fear, God, by your power, by your love. I want to take a second and speak to anyone in here who, who may have never believed in Jesus. Maybe you're entertaining this idea of God or you're just checking out church for the first time or maybe you've heard about Jesus when you were young or you went to church and got hurt and now you're thinking about coming back wherever you're at. If you're ready to believe, if you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, if you're ready to allow him to be the solution to the fear in your life, and I want to give you an opportunity right now to just verbalize your belief in Jesus. And so if you're ready to believe right now, then I want to ask you to pray a prayer just like this with me. God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you that you don't want me to live in fear. And today, I choose to believe in Jesus, to believe that he is God and that he is for me. I thank you for your free gift of eternal life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And so God, for anyone who prayed that prayer or is considering it, the most important decision they'll ever make I pray you give them peace. Jesus, I pray you show yourself to them in unimaginable ways. God, I pray that you take the fear that is in their life and you replace it with peace and with hope, God. God, thank you for giving us an option to live a better story from the inside out. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, for those of you who might have just prayed to accept Jesus for the first time, I, I want to really encourage you to come talk to our prayer team uh, who will be down front. Also, if any of you need prayer, uh, they're here to serve you. Uh, if you want to get caught up, you've missed a couple weeks, go to city.church slash inside out. Uh, I love you guys. We're going to keep going with inside out next week. I'll see you there.